So today, the title of my message is, you ready for this? Heavenly versus demonic. Wow, that's where we're at in James, man. James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. Heavenly versus demonic. And uh, so we're going to go through that today. If you'll stand with me and we'll read this. Heavenly versus demonic wisdom. So verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you today as we jump into your word, God, that you just give us wisdom from above. That, Lord, that we could take away today something in our lives that's going to be transforming. That, Lord, that we would truly walk away today with something that in our life we're doing away with and we're adding the kingdom of God. I praise you and I thank you for this time. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. So I want you to be thinking about why I'm talking today. What are you going to take home with you? And I'm not talking about the cake at the counter that she's going to offer you when you leave. I'm talking about what... That I say today, are you going to take and you're going to apply to your life when you walk out the door? That you say, oh, I need that one. I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. So we're going from an, an unruly evil tongue to a godly or, or demonic wisdom. You know, when we talk about the unruly evil tongue, man, it was bad last week. That was like, woo, you know, the tongue is bad. It's, it can really be very destructive. And we all know that, we've seen that destruction that somebody's either done to you or you've done to somebody from the way we've talked to them. And so we're we getting a handle on that, amen? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're working on it. So, but James, James today, he starts talking about showing good conduct, you know, that our works are done in the meekness of wisdom. That your good conduct, and we should all have some good conduct, right, Joe? We should have some good conduct that's shown in the meekness of wisdom, in the wisdom of God, that it's being revealed that um, through our good conduct, and it's just flowing. And so even as we talked about taking steps last week to take control of our tongue, that because of the wisdom that God is imparting to us, we're going in some good conduct, and, and people don't look at you like, oh, no, here they come. You know, you're worried about what they're going to say. They, they look at you and they say, oh, wow, hey, I'm glad you're here. You know, maybe you can impart something good. So, but this, this wisdom here today is, it's another glimpse at getting in control of our tongue. We all know it's vital that it has to happen in our lives, that we have to have that control of our tongue. We need to show the good conduct to others so that we can win them. Amen? Because nobody wants to join with mean people. They're looking for that kindness, that gentleness, that love. And so when we're showing that good conduct, we may be able to win them, Robert. We may be able to win them over to Jesus so that they're, 
They're like, wow, I love this place. I love those people. I love this. It's great because of the love of God. Amen. Now, last week, we had to go back to chapter one to figure out how to tame the tongue because all James did in that first part of chapter three was tell us how bad the tongue was. And you know, if you just get stuck on how bad it is, you can leave shameful, you can leave, you know, depressed or whatever, but we want to, we want to tame the tongue. Amen. So, and in the same way, we want to impart godly wisdom. We don't want to de- impart demonic wisdom, but let's take a look at um, what false wisdom looks like. It's, it's t- bitter envying in verse 14 and 16. Strife in the heart. See, when you have strife in your heart, it reveals in the way you talk. It comes out, it becomes evident. And then glory in profession, your profession of who you are, you know, talking about you. And then earthly, having this life only in view. See, when we only have this life in view, you know, it's amazing when you see these protests and you see signs that people are putting up, it's like, oh my gosh, they're not thinking eternally. They're not thinking beyond this life because the stuff that they're putting up there. And then sensual living only to satisfy the animal appetites, verse 15. And and what that means is the animal appetites are the sexual immorality that it talks about in the word. That sensual living only satisfying your, you know, your animal appetites is a very simple way to put it. But it's the evil junk that's out there that's going on that's becoming more and more prevalent in our society today. And then number six, devilish, inspired by demons. That your wisdom is, is devilish. It's totally ungodly. And I know my friend went to a pastor one time, having a tough time with his marriage. And he went in, and I would say, this is devilish. He went in to the pastor to talk to him, and the pastor said, man, let her go. I'm sure God's got something better for you. Fix that thing. Work it out. Amen. That's this devilish inspired by demons. And then seven, confusion. The wi- wi- confusion, wisdom that's confused. And I see that a lot today because of everything going on in our society, so much evil is out there being spewed so much across the internet, across the newswire, everything. So much evil is being spoken that people are confused. They're confused about what's right and what's wrong. They're confused about whether, you know, I think some of the biggest confusion is to think that, that the things that God doesn't like, the things that God says is not okay, is okay now. It's not okay. It's still not okay. He's, he still hasn't said it's okay. And I know, you know, that um, the enemy's trying to confuse people right now. He's trying to bring them to the point where they don't, even try to get understanding because of the confusion that's happening and they just, they're staying stuck. And then number eight, every evil word. So this is the, the characteristics of false wisdom. It brings about evil work and we don't want that, amen? I don't want that in my life and I don't want to see it in your life. I want us to, to rise to the occasion that we have godly wisdom, the characteristics of divine wisdom. Go ahead and put that up, Jeanette. So it, your divine wisdom is pure, it's chaste, it's holy, it's clean, it's clean, it's, it's inspiring, amen? It's going to encourage people to do what is right. It's pure. You're taking the wisdom from God and you're imparting it to people and you're saying, hey, this is the way, let's walk in it. And then number two, it's peaceable. You know, godly wisdom is going to bring peace. 
That's what we want, amen? We want peace. I, 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 we've been praying for something to happen in Afghanistan this week, just some peace there, that the people would find peace and rest. It's just such a difficult time in our country right now and in the world for the peace. You know, we don't experience it like the other parts of the world. You're not experiencing um, the turmoil that the rest of the world is. I have friends all over it. You know, like our, just in um, Uganda with our churches there and our orphanage there, you know, th- they catch you out because they're shut down again. If they catch you out, they'll, they'll find you like a, you know, a hundred thousand shillings and stuff. I mean, they'll take you to jail. They'll arrest you. You know, it's just really crazy. It's not like here. I mean, when they said shut down here, you know, we just kept going. You know, people keep driving. People are going everywhere. I mean, the traffic lightened up a little bit, you know, but it was still crazy out here, you know, because we're like, you can't shut me down. You know, it's, there's godly wisdom's peaceable. And then number three, it's gentle. It's gentle. We need to be gentle, amen? Gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to people what the word says you know to be meek to be modest to be kind see it's his kindness that leads us to repentance so his kindness leads us to repentance so he's telling us that we have to be kind to people to lead them to repentance god's kindness is incredible but when god's kindness is flowing through you it's a miracle I didn't mean that in a bad way either, you know. <laughs> that was gonna t- it's not gonna take a miracle for for but it's a it's a miracle at work. When the kindness of God flows through you, the miracles at work in that person to lead them to repentance. That's better, huh? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> okay, so number four, easily entreated, not stubborn, obstinate but yielding to others. You know, I'm hard-lined about the Word of God. You know, but there's a lot of other things that you just don't have to be so hard-lined about. You know, you can be kind, you can be gentle with them. Um, Be full of mercy. Always forgiving and performing acts of kindness. Always forgive. Everybody say always. Always. So, I mean, we're we're describing divine wisdom. It's just full of mercy full of mercy. And then six, it's full of good fruits. Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. How many of you know what this passage is? It's the fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So be full of that. Amen. Let the fruit, let the love of God be in you. Let it just flow in you. Be, um, be filled with joy. Everybody smile at me. Some of you are going to crack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, because some of you just sit there and stare at me, you know, like... I, <laughs> so be peaceful. Long-suffering, kind, good, faithful. You know, that, that was my mom. My mom was fit, so faithful. She was. And I just, I really learned a lot from my mom about faithfulness. She was really faithful, you know. And uh, 
She was awesome. And then without partiality, having not respect of persons. In the sense, remember when we talked about, you know, don't give preference to certain people just because they, they look good or they got money or don't not give preference because they don't look good and they don't have money. Just love everybody, amen? Love everybody. Be kind to everybody. Be gentle with everybody. Don't, don't think, you know, I had one pastor say, well, you need to get to know that guy. He's got a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I don't want... If you got a lot of money, praise God. Give it to the Lord. And, uh, and then without hypocrisy. Be open, be honest, genuine and true. Be open, be honest, be honest. That was one of the things that we talked about in Wednesday night. Be honest. You know, be honest with everybody. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard to tell the truth. Sometimes you, you don't want to tell the truth. Sometimes... You want to hold back, but you need to be honest. You know, you know, you don't have to be brutally, you know, when I say brutally, I mean, you don't have to pick the person apart. Well, how do I look today? Well, let me see. And you start at the top of their head and you go to their feet and you're like, mm. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Donna says, amen. <laughs> but unlike last week where James described our tongues as just evil, he shows the two sides of wisdom. So we have a good idea what, what is demonic and what is heavenly. What is divine, what is heavenly. We, we have that understanding. We can just go back. You can take a picture of the slide and you can say, okay, this is divine wisdom. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to live my life. You can make that decision in your life and God will empower you to do it. Can I hear an amen? He will empower you to do it. Now, it, James just show, shows us these and it's best to walk in the divine wisdom. Now we can see in the life of Solomon. How many of you know who Solomon is? He was the king of Israel. And he, he was started out really good. And God said, told him, he said, ask for whatever you want. I'll give it to you. And he didn't ask for money. He asked for wisdom. And man, he started off, he had great wisdom, you know. The one, one, you know, these two ladies, they both had babies and one rolled over on her baby and smothered it in the night. And she woke up and she switched babies. She took the live baby and, and gave the other lady the dead baby. And when they woke up in the morning and the lady's like, oh, my baby's dead. She's like, wait, 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 wait. This isn't my baby. That's my baby. And the lady's like, no, this is my baby. And so they go to the king. They go to King Solomon. They said, you know, they, they explain to him. And King Solomon says, well, bring me a sword. So they bring him a sword and he says, they're like, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I'm going to cut the baby in half. That way they can each have a half. And then the one who wasn't the real mom said, yeah, do that. And then the one that was the real mom said, no, 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 just give her the baby. And Solomon said, well, we know that the baby's yours because you care more about the baby than you do the situation. And, he's, and, and it just revealed, and everybody's like, they heard of his wisdom, and they're just like, oh my gosh, this guy is so brilliant. He's just got so much wisdom. You know, but then, then I, I read the word there, and I'm wondering, did this guy even make it to heaven? You know, because of the way he ended up living his life. You know, because he, he, he got so twisted that he just started doing things that were totally ungodly. 
So how do we walk in the wisdom of God and finish strong? How many of you want to finish strong? Oh, I do too. I want to finish strong. Number one, don't forget the basics. I think that was number one kind of sort of last week too. Don't forget the basics. Wisdom tells me to follow what God says. Follow what God says. Psalms 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So we're to let the word of God direct us. We're to let the word of God give us divine direction, amen? We're to walk in that. Now Solomon knew this. He, He knew this. Do not intermarry with foreign women. And the reason why, and I mean, we see a lot of um, intermarrying between races today. But what it meant then was don't marry an ungodly woman. Don't marry a woman, because you look at, at Ruth, she came from Moab, and she's in the line of Christ. You look at Rahab, she came from Jericho, she was a harlot, and she's in the line of Christ. So what he's saying here is, you know, when you say, don't marry the foreign women, he's talking about the pagan women who worshiped other gods. Don't worship, don't marry those women because what they're going to do is they'll bring their foreign gods to your city and, and you'll end up worshiping them. That's what happened to Solomon. He had, what, 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, this guy, he married Pharaoh's daughter. He brought in all these foreign gods. He even had to make a special house for her, for her um, idols and stuff, you know. And he ended up worshiping. He ended up creating high places in Jerusalem where the people could go and worship the foreign gods. And so exactly what the word said happened to him. And so he turned away from God. And I mean, we went through Ecclesiastes last week, and I'm, I'm thinking, this guy's nuts. I mean, everything he said, I'm like, this is crazy stuff he's talking about in Ecclesiastes. And, and it's because he intermarried, and then it corrupted him. It corrupted him really bad. So when we get away from the basics of just following the word of God, we can get corrupted. See, that's what he did. He just took one thing, married, intermarried with all these foreign women, and it corrupted him so bad that it allowed the foreign gods. It split the kingdom in half to where we had two tribes in the south, ten tribes in the north, two different kings. It was terrible. Israel fell apart because of this. And you have no... No imagination strong enough to know what's going to happen when you stop following the word of God and you start following the wisdom of the world. You have no idea who's watching you. You have no idea who's listening to you. But you will cause people to be led astray. And it'll be on your head when you stand before God. Solomon opened the door to the enemy and he come in with blazing. And he didn't obey the wisdom that God had imparted to him. You know, and, and so many people in the church, there's godly wisdom right before us, but yet we won't listen to it. We, we'll just, we want to do what we want to do. We do our own thing. And when we do our own thing, we get led astray and we stop following God. You know, people come in, they get saved and they get going. They're on fire for 10 years, 20 years. And then they start relaxing. They start doing what they, what they did before they're like ah it's okay you know no big deal you know and um, it just slowly leads them astray and pretty soon they oh, i don't need for church i'm good man and 
And they just, pretty soon you don't see them anymore. And you're just like, wow, I wonder what ever happened to. And that's what happens to people. You know, but as, as we pay attention to the world's, the word and its wisdom, we'll do better with number two. And number two is make sure what we hear lines up with what is wrote. You know, this is the written word of God. And this is what we need to pay attention to. But when you hear a voice and it's telling you to do something, you need to make sure it lines up with this. You need to make sure that it follows this. I, I've talked on things before that people totally didn't want to listen to and went ahead and did their wisdom. And it's just the destruction it causes. It's amazing. We need to pay attention to what God is saying, but we also need to know that it lines up with his word. You know, if God's telling you to, to give somebody a gallon of milk, that's a good thing, right? That's not a bad thing. Give them a gallon of milk. You know, but if God's telling you, you know, to have an affair, that you've met the right person now, that's wrong. That, you just, you flew left. You know, and we want the kind of wisdom that's pure and peaceable. So we need to, Make sure that what we hear lines up with the word of God, amen? There is pure evidence of what we do and whether it is of God or not. So everybody knows that what you do, they can see what is what you're doing lining up with God or not. Where is your wisdom coming from? And, but the idea is that we line up with the wisdom from God. That's what we have to do. As I, as I type this, oh yeah, I, I just, man, it was really weird. I saw this guy on... Um, you know, inline roller skates, and the, there was cones all the way down, and, and they were going, and he was just skating in and out of cones, you know what they do? And he said, that's what a lot of the church is doing. They're in my wisdom, in the world wisdom, in my wisdom, in the world wisdom, in my wisdom, in the world wisdom. They're just going back and forth, Jake, to the point that they're lukewarm now. They're doing things their way, God's way, theirs way, God's way, and they're, they're just totally so confused about what is real that they think that everything's going to be okay. It's not. I, I had the honor to do the memorial for Rainey's father on Friday, and it was an honor. And so many good things were said about Felix. It was awesome. <laughs> well, praise God. But I, I made a very strong statement in there when I did that memorial service. I said, listen, just because you're good doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're going to heaven. So many people looked up to give their life to Jesus. And I just want to tell you, you know, just because you're zooming in between the cones, you're doing the world's way, God's way, and you feel like you're doing good because you're doing a lot of God's ways. No, you got to get rid of the world's ways. You got you to draw the line to where there's no, there's no, you can't go that way because the line's there. You hit the line every time. I'd rather hit the line and fall down than, than keep playing the game, amen? We gotta stop playing games and we gotta get ready for the coming of the Lord. We gotta know that Jesus is coming and that we've, you know I mean, because I say, how many of you believe we're in the end times? And you all raise your hand. I say, how many believe Jesus is coming? You're all there, but still we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta stop doing that. We gotta just get hard-lined about the word of God. We gotta start following Jesus with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. We can't be swerving in and out of things Amen. what we hear will be accurate if we ask without doubt 
Number three, ask without doubt. James 1 is really clear about obtaining God's wisdom. He takes us through the steps and he gives us the ins and out of asking. He says, number one, ask, ask of God. Ask of God for wisdom, amen? Ask of God. Number two, it will be given. He will give it to you. Number three, ask in faith. Don't do it without faith. Don't ask him for wisdom without faith. Don't ask him for wisdom, Elizabeth, thinking that he's not going to give it to you. You know, because, you know, a lot of what we do, Jake, we ask out of, uh, out of the need, but we doubt because of who we are. We think we don't deserve it. So we, we ask with that doubt already in our hearts. You know, you hear it and then you go, and here's these famous words. Yeah, but I hear that all the time. Yeah, but it's like, oh man, I'm you ever say yeah, but to me, and I just turn and walk away, you'll know why. Because you just cast a bunch of junk on what I said to you. People come to me, ask me for advice, ask me, and they, yeah, but you know, why are you asking me? You come, you want godly wisdom, you know, we'll pray, we'll ask. Yeah, but that's, you know, um, that, that doesn't work for me. Why are you asking? You see, because then it's worse. Scott, man, it, it, it's, it's terrible, you know, because no, number four is you can't doubt. So with the yeah, but is a big dose of doubt. And then it says, if you doubt, don't expect to get anything from the Lord. He says, you're double-minded. Your mind's twisted. He says, you're unstable in all your ways. See, and that's what happens when we ask the Lord. He tells us, but we don't like what he tells us. So we, we doubt and we go to our own thing. We do the worldly's way of doing things. And we doubt. And, and he says, you're unstable. You're a mess. Your mind's twisted up. You're a mess. You know, it's just like when it comes to tithing. Man, I remember, you know, Pastor Dave talking to me about tithing. You know, because at first it was hard. It seemed like every time I tithed, something bad happened. It, it was that way, Dave. I'm telling you, man. I, I'd tithe, I'd give, I'd be like, oh, I'm doing so good. And then the washing machine would break and I'd say, oh, I'll put my tithe on hold. I gotta, you know, if you put your tithe on hold, there's a percentage you gotta pay. Do you know that in the word? You gotta pay more. He charges interest. I'm not kidding. You read it. I'll, I'll teach on it one day if you all don't get offended me teaching about tithing. So, <laughs> where was I? <laughs> washing machine would go out. And then, then I'd fix the washing machine. I wouldn't tithe. Then I'd, I'd start tithing again when I got caught up on my bills. And then the car would break down. Or, you know, I had a car. I had, a, I had Pontiac Grandam. Delana sat in that car. She's like, I got to have this car. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I bought her the car, and, and I didn't ask, I didn't inquire of the Lord. I just bought her the car. So five years in a row, every year the car motor blew up. Every year, $1,800, $2,000. 
Man, I went long times without tithing in those seasons because I had to pay for the car. But then I learned to tithe. I learned to give to the Lord. I stopped listening to that voice in my head that said, man, if you tithe, you ain't going to have enough money. I stopped listening to that voice. And so I, I, I went and I bought Talana. I mean, then the enemy tried to kill her, so he totaled the car with her in it. So I went to go buy her another car. And I was in one of the Ford dealers out there in Riverside, and I said, well, this is what I can do. And I told him I could put this much down, I could do this much a month. Well, Mr. King, that's unreasonable. I said, okay, well, thank you. Have a good day. And I, and I left. And he followed me, chewing me out all the way. You know, I'm just like, this guy's crazy, you know. So I went to a, another dealership. Now, somebody made an appointment for me to go to this place. And I went, and, and I went in. I said, I'll take that one over there. I didn't even get, go look at it, Mike. I just said, I'll take that one over there in the back. I knew what I wanted. I'd already driven it a bunch of times. Get that one ready. This is what I can do down. This is what I can do a month. And um, they said, great. Signed the papers. Took it home. Donna, here's your new van. It was nice, huh? It was fun. It was fun to do that. And so she goes camping. She loads up that van. She takes all the kids and she goes camping. And while she's camping, the dealership calls me back. And they say, hey, Mr. King, we're going to need another $1,800 down. I said, really? I said, well, let me tell you, my wife went out of town. She'll be back on Friday. I'll bring the car back on Saturday. And he's like, what? I said, I inquired of the Lord, man. And he told me I could put this much down, I could do this much a month. If you're changing the deal, this must not be God, so I have to bring the car back. Mr. King, I'll call you back. <laughs> call me back the next day, and Mr. King, we, we got you that deal. Why don't you come on down and sign them papers? I'm like, okay, great, you know. See, when you inquire of the Lord and you use God's wisdom for what he has for you, it's amazing what he'll do. But when you do it on your own, you use your own worldly wisdom and your own ideas, it's not going to get you there. When you're double-minded, you're unstable. And this takes us right back to the beginning with James. James is trying to encourage us in our walk with the Lord. He wants us to walk with the Lord. To trust God even in times of trials. Trials like we may be in today or like we are in today. Trust God. Don't let everybody knock you around by telling you what you should do. Trust God in his wisdom. There's so much stuff going on today that when you read it through the wisdom of God, it does not make sense. But yet it's being pushed, it's being driven on people, and I'm going to touch on that. People are pushing their agendas today on you and on me. They're really pushing very hard. And, and one thing I know, when people are trying to put you into a bondage of fear, don't receive it. Don't receive it. You know, and the question that came to me is, did the flu go away? We don't have the flu anymore, you know. I don't understand why, why there's such a fear of COVID when there's 90, 99% survival rate. Why, why, why is all this being pushed so hard that the death rates of the flu are, is usually pretty high? 
you know, wash your hands. You want to wear a mask? Wear a mask. You want to get the shot? Get the shot. You don't want to wear a mask? Don't, want, don't wear a mask. You don't want to get the shot? Don't get the shot. I don't care. We're not shutting down. We're just going to keep going, amen? We're going to, you know, they, they say, they say that the, the COVID va- um, virus is so small that a mask can't keep it out. So the, the vaccine, um, you know, you think you get the vaccine, you're safe. Then they tell you, no, the vaccine won't stop you from getting it. No, you still got to wear a mask. I mean, so we have all this stuff coming out of us. And what is all it's trying to do is to divide us and to make, bring confusion to the world. You know, so what I encourage you to do when it comes to all this stuff that our society is saying to do, ask him. Let him give you wisdom. Let him tell you what to do. Because when you ask him, then you'll be okay with it. You won't be worried. You won't be in fear. You just, you just do it. Don't sit and watch the news 24-7 and let them tell you and stir your mind and bring confusion. Get all that worldly wisdom in you that's going to make you just terrible in thinking. God will give you wisdom. He's not give you fear. He'll not drive you to fear. He's going to drive you to do what he wants you to do, amen? And for some, he may tell you get a shot. For some, he may say don't get a shot. You know, because what God knows this. He knows how it's going to affect you. No doctor can tell you how it's going to affect you. It can either be good or bad. I mean, I've been, my, our brother Tim is not here today. He was in the hospital all week. It's because he's got his medications mixed up. Man, that medication stuff will jack you up. It will just... I mean, I watched the commercial the other day and said, it may cause death. <laughs> I guess that's, that's better than what they're going through. <laughs> but I, it said, it may cause death. And I'm like, hey, Delanda, it's crazy. You need, you know, and with all that's going on in our world today, you need godly wisdom. You need to ask God. Don't let the world bring fear on you. Don't let the world confuse you. Talk to the Lord. Read his word and talk to him. Listen, if you you take the vaccine, look at this one. Mark chapter 16, verse 17, or verse 18, somewhere in the 16, 17, 18. um, It says, you can drink anything deadly and it will by no means hurt you. If you don't, you know, I got people calling me saying, hey, how do I write a letter to get out for, of the, having to take the vaccine because of religious things? I'm like, I haven't written one of them letters yet. <laughs> but there are people that are writing them. But then I get another article that says that uh, most companies are rejecting those letters of religious things. So... You got some decisions to make. But don't let fear grip you. Let wisdom grip you. Let wisdom grip you. God will tell you what to do. But don't let the world hinder what God has for you. Don't let the world do that. Now that's just one thing that's going on in our society today. You know, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going (laughs) to. But as a nation, we're going through a lot right now. 
And we need godly wisdom, individually and as a nation. From the top down, we need godly wisdom. We need um, President Biden to have some godly people speak into his life, that he would receive it. You know, because it's one thing when godly people speak into your life, but it's another thing to do it. We don't always want to do it because it doesn't always fit our agenda. Talk to God. Talk to God. He'll give you wisdom. Read his word. Stay with the basics. Pray. We're doing that 5 p.m. prayer meeting of intercession on Thursdays. If you can come, just praying in the spirit and praying the word. Five o'clock right here. We'll just gather together right here in the front. Come if you can. You need wisdom. Ask from the Lord. He'll break off all the confusion that the enemy's trying to put on you. He'll break it off. You won't be confused. You won't be worried about what everybody's saying. You'll, You'll be doing good. Your Heavenly Father, I lift up the whole congregation to you today, God. That, Lord, that we would have that desire, that hunger for your word, and we would be thirsty for you, Lord. Father, that your wisdom would be poured out in such a manner, Father God, that we walk in the divine wisdom of God. That, Lord, that no longer would we walk in the worldly wisdom, even when there's a clash with your wisdom. Lord, that we wouldn't even think to pick a world's way. Lord, we'd stay the course with you. We'd stay on track with godly wisdom. Lord, even if it doesn't make sense to us, but, Lord, as your word declares, we would follow written word, your spoken word, God, we would follow. Let your hand be upon every person here today. Cover them, keep them, protect them, God. I'm just reminded of the vows that I would make in a wedding. That no outside forces would break it apart. I'm talking about that ring. No outside forces would break it apart to bring division. And I pray that for your home, your family, and for the church. No outside forces would break it apart. That we would not judge one another, but we would love one another. And that we would encourage people through the godly wisdom that God gives us. So, Father, I pray your blessing upon the people of God. I pray the God of more than enough opens the window of heaven to them. Gives them more than enough. I pray, Father God, that their health would exceed, Father God, and just rise. Good health, good health. Father, that they would prosper in all things. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,